Let's give her a round of applause. Can we do that? Great. I don't know about you, but I always think Christmas Eve is such a holy, holy night. I just feel like, man, this is so great. And it's not just happening here, as you know. We have things happening online right here with us at Word of Life, as well as around our world. It's just incredible that we're still, this world is reaching out have the opportunity to worship the one who has redeemed our lives, who have changed our lives. Come on, give the Lord a round of applause. Can you do that with me? Thank you, Lord. I do want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. I am so glad that you're here with us today. Uh, This is different, man. This is way different than what we've had in previous years. If you've been a part of Word of Life at any length of time, you know that this church has been filled up twice over and it's no, no seats available and, and uh, it's different and it's the way it is and it's where we're going and God is still moving and God is still doing some great things in people's lives. Some people are being changed and lives are being challenged and, and yet God is here in the midst of people in wonderful, wonderful ways. So we're excited about that. Uh, I want to so thank all of you who are with us online today. Uh, though I can't see you, I know you're there, and I am so grateful that you're with us, as well as those of us who are here at the campus at Word of Life Church. Thank you for being with us here tonight. If there's a message to be heard and proclaimed at Christmas, it's my conviction to say, I believe it's the message of hope. It's a message of hope. Hope for the believer. Hope for the unbeliever. Hope for the Christian, and hope for the, the one who's not a Christian yet. In fact, Hope for every single person on the planet. Someone once said, we as people can live about 40 days or so without food. We can live about eight days or so without water. We can live, we can live uh, 40 minutes or so without oxygen. But we can only live a few seconds without hope. We can only live a few seconds Without hope, I personally believe that people are struggling to find places to put their hope in. Places to put their hope in. Uh, I believe, I believe that, uh, that uh, all of those who are here and part of Word of Life today, those of you who are with us today, our guests and visitors, I want you to know we believe, we believe that hope, which is the anchor for our souls, is Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. We believe here at Word of Life that hope, which is the anchor for our souls, is Jesus Christ. And it was God himself who brought that hope into our world. It's a hope for all people of every nation, of every generation, if you would believe. If you would believe. That's all that God asks of us right now, is that we would just believe, that we would take the steps of believing. I know that a lot of people think in order to get to God, you gotta go through a bunch of hoops, you gotta do a lot of things, you gotta give a lot of money, whatever those things are, but that's not what the Bible says. It all begins by believing, and once you begin to believe, and God begins to move in your life, and you begin to understand that, you're going to see that your life's just changing. It goes from, from bad to amazing when God moves in and through our lives. It's a hope for all people of every nation, every generation, if they would believe. And that hope comes to us through Emmanuel, God with us. Through Emmanuel, God with us. Go with me to Matthew chapter 1, verse 21 through 23, and it says this. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with 
us. Now, I believe, I believe that there are at least two reasons, at the very least, two, uh, two reasons uh, that the Christmas message should bring us hope. At least two reasons. And the hope that I want to start off with, with you today, is this, that you would know that you are desperately, greatly loved and accepted by God. I want you to hear that again. I want you to hear this online. I want you to hear in the, in the worship center here at Word of Life Church. We believe here that, that you are desperately, greatly loved and accepted by God regardless of your past, regardless of what's ever gone on in our lives. Go with me to Luke chapter 2, verses 10 through 14. Luke chapter 2, verses 10. There's hair on my, can you believe that? There's hair on my little iPad here. That's funny. I have no hair on my head in case you don't know. But anyhow, Luke 2 verse 10, and it says this, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. manger. And suddenly, I don't know about you, but I love the word suddenly in the Bible. A lot of suddenlies bring a lot of good things that come our way. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. The angel is saying, God has a message for you. God has a message for you, and it's good. It's a good news message. It's not good, it's not good news for just uh, good people. It's not just good news for holy people or righteous people or Jewish people. No, it's great news is what the angel is saying. It's great news for all the people. You see, he is Emmanuel, God with us. That's what we're talking about. That's what the angel is talking about. Now we have Emmanuel, God with us. God has a message for you. God has a message for me. <clears throat> Excuse me. God has a message for all people. And it's the best news ever. The message of hope is God, your heavenly father, loves you beyond your wild imaginations. And you need to know that the PS to that is, and he's not mad at you. He's not mad at you. He's not angry with you for anything you've done in the past. That's not who our God is. He does not hold that against us. He understands who we are. And on that first Christmas night, God decided to do something that had absolutely nothing to do with anybody's behavior, which means, which means on God's side of things, your behavior and my behavior your personal righteousness, your attempt to be good, even your inconsistencies and your sin is now being declared by God in this irrelevant. The things that you and I have done, the sins, the things that we're living in shame over because of our past is irrelevant right now to God, he is declaring. You see, this is God taking the first step to forgive us of all of our sin and radically set us free from our past, present, and future sin. Now when we would repent, now when we would, would repent, we would be forgiven of our sin. You and I can be free, can be free of our sin. And it has nothing to do with how, how good of a person that you are or how much you strive to be that perfect person. God accepts us just the way that we are. Go with me to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 verse 10. Did I already read that one? I mean Luke chapter 2 verse 11. And it says, for today in the city of David, there has been born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. 
there has been born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This just blows my mind. I'm sure it will blow some of your mind. But listen, this is what the Word of God is declaring here. It's incredible. The God of heaven, the God of heaven has clothed himself as a man to become our Savior, to become our Redeemer, to become our Rescuer, to become our Liberator. And it has nothing to do It has nothing to do with how good of a person that you, like I said a moment ago, strive to be. God accepts us and God loves us regardless. Just exactly, this is exactly who Jesus truly is. He loves us and he accepts accepts us and this is the way that Jesus truly is. You and I are desperately loved by God regardless of our past. So let me finish off this point of the message. I only have two points. This one was very quick. The next one's going to be about an hour and a half long, so hang with me. I'm just kidding. Short messages today. I conclude this first part of the message. Emmanuel, God with us. God's unconditional love for you and I, it means this. There is nothing that you could ever do to make God love you more. There's nothing you could do to make God love you more. God's not looking for you to give him a bunch of money. God's not looking for you to do a bunch of good things. There's nothing you can do to make God love you more. And there's also, there's nothing you can do to make God love you less. It's just incredible how much God loves us. It doesn't matter how good or bad we are. He loves us the exact same every single day. And that is such good news. Would you give the Lord a round of applause for that? God, you're good. The second reason, the second reason the Christmas season brings us hope is Emmanuel, listen to this, Emmanuel, God with us in the time of a storm. Emmanuel, God with us in the time of a storm. Go back with me again to Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. I read that again to you because it aligns with where I'm going. She will give birth to a son. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means, say it with me, God with us is what that means. God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. One of the things every single one of us, I believe, can agree on in this room tonight and online tonight is that most of us have faced some pretty strong storms in, the, in our past. Or, or even right now, there may be some of you and some of us who are in the middle of a raging storm that's just taking over. It seems to be taking over. And it's causing you to begin to, uh, to, to uh, doubt God. It's causing you and I to say things like, God, where are you? God, where are you? Whether it's weather-related storms, and we've dealt with a lot of that, or whether it's, it's uh, the horrible storms of life, the storms of maybe divorce, The storms of fear and depression, financial storms, storms of addiction, storms of of, of abuse. Unfortunately, when when we get to these storms that we're dealing with in life, we have a tendency to say things like this to God. God, where are you? Why are you allowing this to happen to me? Where is God in the middle of my storm? God, where are you? Now, a key thought about the storms and where is where God would be. I want to give you a word that I gave a couple of Sundays ago to my church talking about this subject in the same way, and that is this. Listen, this is important for you to hear. Never allow the presence of a storm to cause you to doubt the presence of God. 
Let me say it again. Never allow the presence of a storm to cause you to doubt the presence of God. Listen, we need to have faith. We need to be a people of faith. We need to believe God. We find here in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says these words. This is the New American Standard Bible. It says it this way. Now, faith is the certainty of things hoped for, a proof of things not seen. I just said to you a moment ago, we need faith. We need to be a people who have faith. Let me read that verse to you again. Now, faith is the certainty of things hoped for, uh, a proof for things not seen. So we need to be a people who need faith. And what God wants for you and I, God wants us to build our faith. We need to build our faith in him. We need to trust in him. And we do that by being in his word. We do that by knowing what God says and following what God says. I would encourage you, if you don't attend a church, that you would start going to a church. There's a lot of great churches to go to. But I just encourage you to let your faith be built. You see, we need to have faith because you and I have no idea, no idea of the different ways that God is with you in the middle of a storm. But we do know that God is with you and, and in you in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. In the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Let me say that to you again. But we do know that God is with you and in you in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And that means if you're a believer and if you're a follower of Jesus, then the Holy Spirit, he dwells in you. He dwells in you. And we know that God will use the power of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, to help you to get through to the other side of the storm that you might be in. And I'm here to tell you, man, after about 50 years now of serving Christ, he is faithful. You can trust him to get you through. There's God the Father. There's God the Son. There's God the Holy Spirit. And we find in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, and it says these words, because God has said, listen, Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. When you are building yourself up in your faith and you're believing God and you're learning things about believing and seeing and you're testing the waters with God, you're gonna find that God is faithful. And you're gonna find that even as you go along in life, sometimes there becomes a stronger storm and it becomes a little bit more difficult to negotiate what you're going through. But the reality is, is that God is saying to you, when you understand who I am, that I am with you in the time of your storm. I am with you. You're not there alone. You're not doing this on your own. If you will turn to me, you're going to see. You're going to get to the other side. He says, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. And you can take that one to the bank as far as I'm concerned. Because that's how faithful God has been. And God will always be. He says, I'll never leave you and never forsake you. He will be with you in the storm that you're in. And that's exactly what God did for Mac and I. My Mac is my Marianne. Marianne. Mary Ann Chiz, my Mac. She is my Mac. And that's what God did with Mac and I. Many of you know our story. Our greatest storm of life, our greatest storm of life exploded on September 4th, 2016, at about 12.15 a.m. The phone rang, and it's not good when it is ringing at like 12.30 in the, in the morning. The phone rang, and it was our da daughter-in-law telling us that Jeremy is not breathing, and he has no pulse. Jeremy is our oldest son. The medics have been working over, Jeremy, over with Jeremy doing CPR for over three and a half hours, trying to revive our son, but to no avail. 
My cardiologist happened to be there, and he came to us in these wee morning hours to Marianne and I and Anne-Marie, his wife, and he said this to us. We need to stop all CPR. Jeremy's not going to make it, guys. So we had to make the decision to end it. That morning at about 3.30 a.m. at St. Joseph's Hospital, they pronounced our 40-year-old son dead. The death of my kids was and still is the greatest fear that I just didn't, never wanted to deal with. Last week I shared with everybody, uh, two weeks ago I shared with everybody about <clears throat> having open heart surgery on November 5th, 2012. And I lived through that. They opened up my chest from here to here, took my heart out. I had a triple bypass done, put it back together, and I lived. I made it. But our son, our son who had the exact same heart condition that his father had, the exact same thing, four years later, he died that night. Well, it's been four and a half years. Every day, every day, multiple times a day, Many times a day, I think of my son. I talk to my son. I miss my son. And I, I'm speaking on behalf of Marianne too. I mean, she and I are tight all the way through with this. We're in this thing together. Many times I'll talk to Jeremy and I'll talk to him about the fact that I'm jealous that you're in heaven. You're in heaven and I'm not. I should have been the one that was in heaven, not you. I, I should have been the one to go, not you. And I'm jealous that you're there. Do you know that the Bible says, eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of men what God has in store for those who love him? In other words, if you're thinking that heaven is, you know, with a, with a baby and all this other crazy stuff that Hollywood gives us, not even close. The Bible says, eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of men what God has in store for those who love him. And God, and, and uh, so... I want to just say, I thank God. The storm and the ferociousness of the storm, it's subsided a lot in four and a half years. Thank God that, that the storm is not nearly as difficult as it was in the very beginning. But I'm here to tell you honestly and openly, and that is Christmas is not a very easy time for us. Birthdays is not a real easy time for us. And listen, man, believe me, we're not the only ones dealing with this at Word of Life. There are many here in this life who have lost a son and or a daughter. And I know now, as I've never known before, what that feels like and what you have to navigate through. So it's Christmas, it's birthdays, it's grandchildren that still cause us to have tears rolling down our cheeks on that day because of our memories of our precious son that we love so very much. And I still don't understand why today, at 57 years old, when I was 57 year old, years old having open heart surgery, that I lived through it. But my son, who was 40 years old, did not. And I don't know if God is ever going to tell me the reason why that happened. Why did he go and I didn't? But this much I do know. God, the Holy Spirit, has helped Marianne and I every single day, every day. Four and a half years ago, it was, it was a 9-1-1 situation for the both of us. 
But God has helped us every day because we call on him, because we believe in him. We're not super heroes of faith, but we are two people who truly believe who God is and what he says he will do. And all I can tell you, my friend, is whatever storm you're in right now, that storm did not surprise God. In the middle of the storm, God, your heavenly father, is speaking to you and is looking to strengthen you. In fact, God is deepening your spiritual roots. He's building you, he's building a deeper faith inside of you. My friend, you need that. I need that. We're living in some perilous times right now. We don't know what tomorrow we will bring. We've been dealing with this for the last, what, nine months or so? We've been dealing with this epidemic that we've been dealing with. So we, we need to have our faith continue to grow. Uh, Psalm 46 verses one through three, and it says, God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in trouble. He is an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. This is what the psalmist said. We're not going to fear because we know he's with us. We know he's with us, is what he says. Though, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, he says, he is our refuge, strength, an ever-present time in the help of trouble, and we will not fear. We will not fear. God is with you in the storm, and that's the best news that you could hear today. In the midst of the storm, you call out to God. You put your faith in God in the midst of what you're going through. Because in the midst of the storm, we have no fear. Because we know that God is with us. Because He is with us, He will never leave us. He will never forsake you. He, he is our Redeemer. He is our righteousness. He is our friend who sticks closer than a brother. Peace is not found in the absence of a storm. Let me say that again. Peace is not found in the, in the absence of a storm. But peace is found in the presence of Jesus. And He is with you right now. Whoever you are online and you're going through what you're going through, the God of heaven is with you right now if you would just call out to Him. If you would just ask Him to help you through what it is you're going through. For those of us here in this worship center, the same for you, whatever it is that you're dealing with, your family members, your friends that are dealing with, ask God to help you. He will get you through to the other side because He is with us. He is with us. And I say this to you. Peace is found in the presence of Jesus because he is with you and with me. Never let the presence of the storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. I'm going to ask you if you would just please bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. I just want to challenge you with some thoughts. Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. Because my friend, God is with you. God is with you. God was with you. <clears throat> and God will be with you in the middle of the storm. And it's because he is Emmanuel. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And he is also Emmanuel, God with us in the storm. That's why the angel said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. God is with you, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Maybe, just maybe, there are some in this room and maybe some of us online tonight that you know you just, you know that this message has been for you. Some of you who are feeling maybe unloved, you've, you know that your, your past is not very good and 
Therefore, you, you're, you're thinking and believing that God is really upset with you and I'm scared to death being here right now in this service. Listen, man, that's not the way God is and I've shared that with you already. And then there may be some of us who are in this room right now who are in the middle of a raging storm, a raging storm. And you came here to hear this message and God had ordained for that to happen. God wanted you to know that he's with you right now in that storm. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I I just want to ask you two separate questions. Number one, I want to ask you, if you're here today and you're dealing with a storm or you have been dealing with a storm of recently, maybe it has everything to do with COVID, I don't know. But for those of us who are here in the worship center, if that's you, would you just raise your hand so I can see you? There's a number of you, thank you. Thank you, you can put them down. For those of you who are online, you can push that same button and deal with that as well, that, that, that you know that you've been going through these hard things. And I'm just so glad that you ended up being here today at Word of Life. I'm so glad that you're with us. And the second and the last thing I wanna say as I close off, and that is today, if you've not yet given your life to Jesus, I'm telling you, He loves you desperately. He loves you desperately. And all you need to do is to ask Him to become the Lord and leader of your life. And I just want to encourage you to do that today. I want to encourage you as you go off for this next Christmas, this Christmas Eve night and going into our Christmas Day morning that you have given your life to Jesus. And it could be a simple prayer like this. Dear Lord Jesus, I give you my life. I ask you to to forgive me of all of my sin. Become the Lord and leader of my life, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you all. Thank you for being with us, and we want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Would you all please stand? We're going to have one last closing song.